Hi guys, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates, and joined with me is Katie Lilly from Lillyfield Accounting Solutions. Thank you again. Always Katie. a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so um, I'm really not looking forward to this episode. I know. I really, I just this, commented. Ugh. Yeah, so this is the chapter that's getting Michael. So last, <laughs> last week was the, was the chapter that got me, and this, this week's the chapter that got Michael. So it'll yeah. be interesting to dive into Michael's vulnerability. Here. Yeah, yeah. So so guys, if, if you're following along with us, you know that um, chapter three really starts off with the title of the vision component. Um, and, and I love the subtitle, Do They See What You're Saying?, um, and I think that's an interesting phrase. And I got excited when I first saw the chapter title <laughs> because I am, I, I feel like I am a vision person. I do feel like I'm, I have the ability to sort of paint the idea that there is a, a, a vision, a greater purpose, a larger purpose, and then, you know, um, get people fired up about finding their role inside of it and then helping people do that. But that's not what this chapter is really about wow. and so um, it's easier to do it for other people than it is yeah, for your own yeah. organization so really um you know the chapter breaks down and it starts about like these really three core questions and we're really going to break down just the first two today um which talks about what are your core values and what is your core focus um so Let's let's jump right into it. Um, you know, when we're talking about what is your core values, um, you know, the the book had an interesting recommendation, um, and it, and it said if you could clone three people and go like into that. market domination, who would you want to take? Right. So pick the first three people, um, and preferably those people that you want to take would come from the organization. Right. Who you have already. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if you're a one man show or a two person show. You better be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you have a larger team, then, you know, the players on your team are you have a better pool selection. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So but you can. I took it also from like I try to like. Think of okay, some of some of my clients that um, that I love. Like mm. I was like, Ooh, which clients do I love, and what are the traits that they have, or uh, coworkers from the past, mm. um, okay, coworkers that I've worked with before that I just was like, oh my gosh, because I remember um, I worked at this insurance company years ago, probably like over ten years ago, and there were two interns that worked with me at the time. I, 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 sometimes I think about like hunting them down on Facebook and like offering them jobs because <laughs> they were that great. So, right, right. you know, I would use them as examples of, of, you know, what was it that they were so great about them? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I, I, that's a great point, um, Katie. I think that if, if you think about, you know, people who are currently on your team or have been previously part of your team that have maybe, maybe gone on to do more successful things, you know, I think the thing that that some companies may struggle with is is they have a, a set of core values that they want to be, Ooh. but they actually aren't. They're so they're out of integrity. I like that. That's interesting. 
I yeah, because okay, everybody so, wants to be honest. Yeah. Right? Well, like, I mean, like, think about what if you were the mafia, right? Because <laughs> they did literally take over the market and they dominated, right? And right. all of their people were about muscle and, <laughs> and, and like, you know, intimidating people, right? I mean, this is right. a weird example, but I'm just saying, like, when you think about it, like, they didn't have core values that would appeal to the mainstream, like integrity and <laughs> trustworthiness. Although within their own little mob world, they, they did have trust. Right. And, 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 yeah, they, yeah. you know, but then they backstab each other and kill each other. Right. So oh my God. <laughs> it's terrible. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of companies out there who right off the bat struggle with, core values because they think they want to do something right. or they want to be something, but their team is not made up of people that have that value. Yeah. No, I, I, I love this. So I, I did, a, when I turned 40, I treated myself to a coaching session. All right. And one of the things she had me do was she gave me a stack of cards that had values mm. and you just read them and you, okay. you put them into two piles of, yeah, that one speaks to me. That one doesn't speak to me. That one speaks to me. And you do, you'll, you'll, you'll hit one and you'll be like, well, it should be my value, <laughs> but it's right. not speaking to me. And you get right. kind of embarrassed, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's like society kind of expects that to you. And one that I struggle with that is a core value for me personally mm-hmm. is fun. So that one speaks to me. Mm. I love to have fun. I think things should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I feel like that's not a real core value. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's not, I don't, I don't, well, I'm an accountant. So, you know, you see yeah. the rub there? Oh, so yeah. it's like, it's very, know, li- numbers are linear. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, do I really want to be like fun accountant? You know? Um, so, yeah, it, it, you've got to find what works. Yeah. Now you're, you're, now you're. <laughs> I'm freaking around. Core values was easy for me until now. <laughs> Great. Thanks. All right. So once, so the step that they bring you through is, okay, you've, you've thought about your three people. All right. And then on a sticky board, start to write down like all of the characteristics of those people, kind of like your little card game. Right. With all the values. So you know, um, unequivocal excellence. These are examples from the book that I'm going to read off just so we have a sample size. Um, Continually strives for perfection, wins, does the right thing, compassion, honesty, integrity, hungry for achievement, enthusiastic, energetic, tenacious, uh, encourages individual ability and creativity. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Maintains accountability, uh, services the customer above all else, works hard, is never satisfied, um, helps first, uh, exhibits professionalism, growth-oriented, treats everyone with respect, um, has personal integrity, isn't cynical, is committed, is fun. Is that it's on in there? the book, yeah. Excellent. Is fair. <laughs> Look, uh, it's really far down on the list. Though. <laughs> this is not numbered. It's bullet points. <laughs> right. So... You know, so the idea is you you write this, you know, all of these different things with the people that you're like, okay, if we could go to war, market domination and take over the world, 
for our company. We take these people and now we're going to break down the characteristics of these people. And it's interesting because I love the way um, Gino talks about some of the other books. He cites other books about, you know, like uh, Jim Collins, Good to Great, you know, some of the other um, writers who, who have done really good work when it comes to identifying what are some common traits of successful businesses, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I think that's really interesting. So now that we've done we've done that and we have this list and we're looking at it, um, and then in steps three is we have to narrow that list down and then circle the ones that you're that are truly important and then draw a line through the ones that are not. Um, you know, combine the ones that are kind of similar, right? right? So because we're just trying to sort of pare it down and boil it down. Uh, to get, you know, roughly five to 15 of these different kinds of, of characteristics. That's a really interesting exercise, right? It is. Oh. So I did this right when I when I decided to go from a solopreneur mm-hmm. to opening a firm. I did this whole visioning self by myself after I had read E-Myth. And mm. I came up with the 12 core values. Um, or I came up with 12 and we revisited it this morning briefly, me and a a couple of my team members looked over that list and I, I would say I'm down with probably 70% of them still. Hmm. Um, but I know right off the bat for me, for my firm, I need somebody other than being fun, um, cause if they're not fun, they're just not going to, they're, they're not going to fit in with me. You know, um, but the other is super detail oriented, super detail oriented mm-hmm. is what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. I'm yeah. looking for um, just, I don't want to say anal retentive, but I'm, I'm looking for that. You know, what about this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and super responsible. Those are my two big ones. And that's just because of the nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. We don't want anything slipping through the cracks. We want to notify our clients of anything that's coming up. So I need, we can't, we've got deadlines. We cannot miss, you know, payrolls and IRS tax, tax that payroll tax deadlines and sales tax deadlines and things of that nature. So I need someone that's super responsible um, and, and super detail oriented. So I know those are at the top of ours. Hmm. Um, And, but then to find someone who's also fun, that's a unique combination. You know, something that I just kind of thought about as you were saying that and, and going through those things, it was it was kind of maybe an, an aha moment. If 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 you thought about the three people that you wanted to take and, and have, you know, market domination over, you know, your your specialty, your industry, um, and you thought about the three people. Maybe maybe the disconnect is this. Maybe the disconnect is don't focus on what those people do, what their job is, but the makeup of the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I feel like that's can't be like understated enough. Like it's it's not when you're when you're thinking about these core values, it's not about core abilities. We're, right, right, we're right. Because everybody's resume is gonna look pretty much the same. Right. If you're gonna apply you know? to be an accountant or a CPA, like you can do math. Right. <laughs> That's your ability. Right. You know? Right. We're talking about the makeup of someone. Like, Katie, you know that I 
cannot stand the status quo. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Right. I, 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 so. That's I why feel you're like, my friend. I feel like I want to, I want to, I want to, I believe that there's a better, more effective way out there. Right. To, to get to where we want to go. Right. So that's a core value of mine. Right. So I feel like as a creative, mm-hmm. I'm going to think about different ways people use outside the box, you know, whatever kind of terminology. Um, so if someone had put me on their list, right. If I was going to be one of the ones like take a Michael win with me, you right, know, right. <laughs> they're, they're going to, they're going to want me on that team in, in, in my list of values, you know, loyalty mm-hmm. is going to be really important. Um, you know, uh, uh, I think creative, you know, obviously, uh, but yeah, so anyway, I, I think that's an interesting, I think some people are going to sit down and do this exercise and they're accident, accidentally going to put abilities in with the characteristics and not understand the difference. Between yeah. The two. Yeah. And I agree. And yeah. what I was talking about before we started today, one of the reasons I really like the core values, um, and it gets into it more in the next chapter in the people chapter. Mm-hmm. But um, once you have that list of core values, you can actually use that list to take into an interview with you to kind of identify whether that person has those core values. And so you can craft your questions to kind of search for that. Because like Michael said, if they've made it to the interview stage, they probably have the ability, right? They, they have the ability. And if you've got a good system of training, you know, you can train them to do, in my case, bookkeeping, um, you know, in your case, marketing, Um, but you want to ask questions. So like the questions that I would ask to try to find out is someone super responsible? You Mm -hmm. know, I want to ask a question of, you know, how do you manage your home Mm. or, you know, how do you manage your home life and see, oh my gosh, I'm a list maker. I make lists for everything. Mm -hmm. I've got a planner here and a planner here. And and, and those, you know, those are the kind of, that's what I'm looking for. And so I think developing just the, the core value list helps you craft better interview questions than rather than just kind of trying to get an idea of their experience and their abilities, like you said. Would you say is problem solving a characteristic or an ability? Um, I think it's probably an ability, but the characteristic would be someone that loves it. A yeah, core I mean, value, a core value. Yeah. If, if problems on is a core value, it would mean it was core to your business. So you, you, you've got a type of business that someone's really like maybe for a manager, like if you're, if you're trying to hire a manager. I do. I feel like I, that's a gray area because mm-hmm. I feel like it is a character. Like there are just some people who cannot solve their way out of a paper bag, <laughs> right? They just right. don't have it in them to, to, they don't even know where to start. Right. Right. So there's, so I guess it's an aptitude and if it's an aptitude, then maybe it's an ability, but anyway, nevertheless, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, that's absolutely, if I, if I were to think about my core value, like I can't be who I am without that. Right. Because that everything that I'm doing, I'm trying to figure out a way to get around the status quo. So I'm problem solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's doing, so I guess it is ability. All right. So, um, all right. So once we've narrowed it down, um, you know, the book kind of talks us through and gives us some examples of, um, you know, groups that have, you know, boiled it down to the five core values. And 
Um, you know, I thought it was all very interesting, you know, just, just to see a list of, uh, um, okay, so here's the Fresh Soup Company. These are their five core values. Action-oriented, can-do attitude, no jerks, <laughs> open and honest passion for the brand. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Oh, look, here we go. Professional ground services. We do whatever it takes in every situation. We have fun. You'd love to work for them. <laughs> we are passionate about our work. We have integrity in all that we do. Those could be totally be your your I like core it. values. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and none of it is, has to do with abilities. None of it's, uh, we're really good at mowing the lawn. Right. <laughs> we're we're really strong and we can push stuff. Right, right. All right, cool. So, um, you know, they, they also recommend, I thought this was interesting. Don't run out and tell everybody immediately that you've established your core values. Instead, let them simmer for 30 days and then meet one last time as a team and sign off on your final list. So you were kind of talking about how your process was and yeah. what you did. Right. And there was kind of a gap, right? Yeah. And actually, uh, so we have that list, but we have our next EOS, our leadership team EOS meeting is the 29th of March. So it's coming up in two weeks. And this is what we're doing next is mm-hmm. uh, core values, core focus. Okay. So I'll, I'll come back and give a little report of Recap. what we distilled it down to ultimately. All right. In the next couple of minutes, um, we're going to talk about what is your core focus, mm-hmm. right? So we're shifting from core values to core focus. And um, again, this chapter is so massive. Like it's it's literally like almost 60 pages. Um, and, and these first two questions are just the beginning of it. And they're so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so like vulnerable, get real, you know, and, and I, I think a lot of people struggle. I know when I read these, I was like, oh, okay. Um, okay. So core focus, I know you had a real passion for this. So I'm going to let you kind of take Talk the about lead. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, we've narrowed down our core focus and I've done that over the past two years and it's been a hundred percent trial and error. Um, when I first started uh, the firm, we took on a lot of clients um, and uh, from a variety of industries. And some of our clients would be on QuickBooks Online. Some of our clients were QuickBooks Desktop. And I think I had one client that was on some completely other accounting system. Mm-hmm. And then I also had clients um, that were like, please do my taxes. I don't have a tax accountant. Can you just do my taxes? I don't want to go anywhere else. We trust you. You have our books. And I was like, fine, this is our first year. I was like, fine, I'll do your taxes. They didn't think it would be, I mean, they weren't complicated clients. And it was the worst experience of my life. So mm-hmm. I I just, I, I don't like to do taxes. I just, I don't. And I need to own that. Mm. And I think for a while there, I was like, I'm an accounting firm. Every accounting firm has, you know, um, uh, accounting, audit, tax. This is what I need to be doing. You know, this is who I need to be. And I finally was like, you know what? No, I, I, I enjoy bookkeeping. I enjoy keeping the books clean, setting up systems, um, you know, getting the numbers to the tax accountant, getting the numbers to the client, explaining the numbers to the client. That's what I personally love. And that is what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I made the choice to do nothing but bookkeeping. We do only bookkeeping. We do only QuickBooks Online. And we do only service-based businesses. 
And the fact that we were able to get that focus is when we were really able to scale. Right. And we were able to just take off Mm. because we weren't scattered. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows how to do QuickBooks online and we know how to do it well. And we know the program inside and out. Um, It's where the industry is heading with cloud accounting. So I feel like Mm. we're ahead of the game there. Right. And it doesn't tie us to somebody's desk anymore. My, my accountants, my bookkeepers can work from anywhere, um, which is mm. a big piece. Yeah. Uh, and then narrowing down the, the industry helped us scale in that um, construction and retail clients. They just have a different, they have some unique accounting issues mm-hmm. um, that just, uh, I give that work to other bookkeepers. So we mm. do service-based QuickBooks online. Um, bookkeeping only. And, uh, and then, and then our tagline is we do your books so you can run your business. Brilliant. Yeah. So this one I feel really good about, um, what I was telling Michael earlier before we started was, uh, one of the things I'm trying to struggle with is, is, is that we do your books to run your business. The core focus is that just a tagline and a marketing thing. I don't know. Mm. So when we meet in two weeks, that's the other piece of our meeting is to really come up with the focus. Cause I think you have to take it through like an eight question mm-hmm. test. Um, so we'll come up with some ideas and then run it through the, the little EOS test from this chapter and see what, what ends up coming out. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. I think you articulated very well. The reason for being, the why right you're doing it right and then and then you you've figured that plus the the segment the market the service right oriented stuff right i i feel like so many businesses no matter what they are they 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 look at all the possibilities of like oh my gosh we could do you know business with these people and these people and these people, right? And so they look at all the possibility and then they kind of, they spread themselves too far apart. Like, you know, literally one ass can't sit on two commodes. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Russian saying. It's really popular. I just heard it. I think it's so brilliant. (laughs) Your butt cannot sit on two toilets. I love that. Oh my God, that's hilarious. (laughs) We'll get into that again when we do the accountability. (laughs) All right. So for those of you who've never heard that term, you're like, what is he talking about? It's talk about spreading yourself too thin. And, and, and I think for agencies, especially because there's so many different ways that we can, you know, we can do digital marketing, we can do social media, we can do email marketing, we can do website landing pages, we can do, you know, all the things. And then you throw traditional media in there, you know, with billboards and TV and radio and all of those old, other overpriced uh, mediums, but nevertheless, you know, there's, there's lots of different stuff. And and so I think that there's been a lot of agencies who've tried to be that one-stop shop, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and try to be able to provide that. And I feel like that that's a, that's a really tricky bag of tricks and it, ha- and it's not in line with successful businesses who actually get traction, Right. who have decided, okay, this is what we do and this is who we do it for. Right. Right. And then when you sit down and you talk with the client 
And it becomes very obvious to you in your little discovery session with them that they they don't agree with what you do and they don't fit who the people are you want to do it for. Right. Yeah. Right. And so to have the 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 stomach and will right. to walk away from that deal. Right. right. Potential yes. money earning for the company. Right. That takes a lot of grit. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's a, it takes a, it is, there's a fear factor there for sure. Oh, they're going to find somebody else. They're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, uh, that's okay. Right. It's okay. Right. Man, this did, like I said, this is such a heavy, heavy chapter to get into. So um, I do like the way um, Gino kind of breaks down. Okay. If you're going to try to really hone this in, um, here's two great questions. Why does your organization exist and what is your organization's niche, niche, however you want to say it? Um, I, I like that he's broken it up into that. And I also like that um, he, he sort of uses, is it figure out maybe some people call it the, your purpose, mm-hmm. your cause, uh, your passion, right? Like that's, that's why your organization exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always think about when I hear the word why, I think of uh, Simon Sinek. Have you ever watched his why video? Mm-hmm. And so like Simon Sinek, you should Google it, guys. If you haven't seen Simon Sinek, check it out. Why YouTube video. He did a TED Talk, 18 minutes that will absolutely just unlock and turn on light bulbs when it comes to the why. Excellent. So check that out. I'm going to put a link in our blog to Simon Sinek's why Uh, I mean, we're talking literally millions of people have watched it. It's really good. Good. Um, Okay. So you want to go through that process too. Um, And then thinking about sort of your, your niche, it should be simple. I like what, I like what he says, Um, but you need to have that ability to filter, right. And understand what those companies are like. So how do you guys do it? You know that it's service. Yeah. It's service based. We usually ask if they're willing to do QuickBooks online and then we just ask them what they've been been doing so um our our niche is small businesses Mm -hmm. that are not are not big enough to warrant a full-time accountant on staff right uh but big enough that the the owner doesn't need to be doing the books anymore right um so it's a very um it's a very unique niche um that uh, i just stumbled upon when i was doing books on on my own and i realized there is a huge market for this but then also as the cloud accounting begins to evolve and a lot of the, the functions of QuickBooks are, are being automated, um, really the 40-hour-a-week bookkeeper realistically probably only works 25 hours a week. Hmm. Um, and so there's, um, there's a lot of opportunity um, for bookkeeping and for people to save money there. Um, so that's why, so that's kind of what we're looking for are those people that just, they don't want to do it anymore. It's, it's a, it's a pain to them. They don't enjoy it. It's not fun. (laughs) See, it's fun for us. You know, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's like doing a puzzle to me. Right. Um, so why not give it to someone who loves it Mm -hmm. and get it off your plate, you know? Yeah. So I, I think for digital ops, I think what, what, what we're really seeing really take traction for our clients is this. At the end of the day, we are we are all vying for attention. And if you're going to invest and stack the deck in your favor to get to garner the most attention you can, you need to make sure 
that, that your message and that your creative can hit the individuals whose motivations and the why they want to do business with you, mm-hmm. that you talk to each one of those. Mm-hmm. The problem is we come from a, a 40-year-old idealism that if I put one piece of commercial out there, everyone's going to get that message. Right, right. But as a society, that's not how we consume content anymore. No. Your Netflix channel is different than my Netflix channel. Your Pandora station is different than my Pandora station. Right. I like what I like. You like what you like. So what we're doing is we're flipping that model upside down and we're starting to understand what are all the little niche segment behaviors of, of the 13 to 30 different motivators for our clients and then creating creative that goes along with that and then creating a set if you will, and presenting all of that messaging to those individuals, okay, so that they can hear the message in their context, the way they view the world. Right, right. Instead of this homogenized, perfectly diverse, one piece of content. Right, right. That doesn't work anymore. We don't consume content like that anymore. Right. Right. So we've amassed this army of creative people who are putting together all this creative and then we're leveraging that creative on the underpriced attention platforms. Nice. Right now, the underpriced attention platforms is Facebook, Instagram, influencer marketing, YouTube pre-roll, and podcast pre-roll. Nobody knows how to price those things. We're literally paying one cent per, per engagement on some of these platforms. There's nothing else cheaper. Right. And there's nothing else that can get more attention. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and some of our clients are like, but we want a billboard. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, that $3,000 for that billboard is stupid money. It's yeah. way overpriced. Yeah. When everyone that's driving in their car is looking at their phone right. <laughs> and they True. shouldn't be, right? you know, or listening to their podcast or listening to their podcast right. or whatever. Right. So, so yeah, so I totally get it. And, and I think, you know, 